presence of God wants to help you in your life. And so please go listen to that if you can. And today I am preaching part two of these four. And I am preaching about the power of the spirit-filled life. There is a power of God that is available to us. And God's getting ready to do a great work in this house. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. The scripture says this. But ye shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We have Holy Ghost power today. Would you turn to somebody near you and would you tell them, get ready because the power of God is about to work. God bless you. You may be seated. Before I begin to preach, I do want to say one more thing. I mentioned this Wednesday night, but I want to mention it again uh, today. Parents, if you'll help me, I know that it's a small room, and so anything we do is real noticeable. But if we can try to keep our kids from going in and out and, and sit still, that will help us just a little bit um, with distraction and that sort of thing. We have already determined, as we've been working through this series, we have already determined and established through Scripture that the Spirit-filled life is the will of God for every born-again believer. God's Spirit abiding within us is a promise to the church, the bride of Christ, that we should all seek to receive in its fullness. I pause to reaffirm to you that the way we as believers will know that we have received the Spirit is that we will speak with other tongues just like everybody who did in the book of Acts received it. The reason that God chose tongues is twofold. First, it is because the tongue, the scripture says, is the most unruly member of the body. And when we speak in tongues, it is a sign of complete submission to the Lord in that moment. Secondly, it is so that we would know for ourselves that we had received the Spirit through an audible and undeniable sign. You don't have to wonder if you receive the Spirit. You don't have to question if you receive the Spirit. But when you have spoken with tongues, you know that you have received the Spirit. That is the prophesied sign found in Isaiah 28 and 11 when he said that with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. But while speaking with other tongues is the evidence of receiving the Spirit, it is by no means the end of being Spirit-filled. Rather, it is the opening to a glorious existence that we previously did not have access to. Of those who have been Spirit-filled, there are four promises that God desires for us. He desires for us to know His presence. He desires for us to know His power. 
He desires for us to be uh, exhibiting his fruit. And he desires for us to operate in his gifts. These are four areas in which we should operate and experience the blessing of God's spirit living within us. Today, I want to preach about the power that we have access to by virtue of the fact that we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The first thing that I would have you know is that it is a power that is unlike any other power you've ever known. In our world, we have seen those who have power of physical ability. They're men of great strength like I am. (laughs) You've seen those that have power of mental ability. You've seen some with power of influence. You have seen others that had power associated with wealth. And those are truly powerful things in the world in which we live. But the power of God is in a class all of its own. Physical ability, influence, and wealth are powers that are limited to and can only be experienced in the natural realm. But the spirit-filled power is that which finds its source in the almighty God of the universe. Worldly power begins and ends in the natural. But spiritual power begins in the spiritual realm. And it makes its way into the natural realm. Taking authority over natural laws and concepts. It is a power that cannot be harnessed or cultivated by the natural man. It is quite simply stated the very power or ability of God at work through his church at his choosing. Jesus knew that he would need a witness in the earth after his ascension. So he promised us that the same power that had rested in him would become our inheritance as born again believers. This is not a different power. This is not a separate power. This is not even a lesser power. But the power of God that dwells in you and in me. It is the same power of God that dwelt in the man Christ Jesus. When Jesus said, Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world. When he said, you shall receive power to become witnesses unto me. That does not just mean going and knocking on somebody's door and saying, I'm here today to witness to you, to tell you about Jesus. That is not only what that is saying. He is saying, I am going to give you power to be witnesses. In other words, the power of God is going to work in your life. And when other people see the power of God at work in your life, you will have been made a witness of me. It is the will of God that everybody in this room that is filled with the Spirit of God would have that same kind of witnessing power moving within them. Hallelujah. God wants you to operate in spiritual power. 
God wants you to be able to look at the sick and call on the name of Jesus and them receive their healing by the power of the Spirit of God. God wants you to be able to look at somebody that may be oppressed or possessed by a demonic spirit and call on the name of Jesus and that person be delivered. It's not just for preachers and it's not just for teachers of this book, but it is for every Christian that has been filled with the presence of God. God wants you to have power. He even went so far as to tell us. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. So it should be our earnest expectation that we will see the power of God at work in our lives. Flowing through us to accomplish the purposes of our almighty God. The supernatural ability of the Lord to work in our natural circumstances is not. Now you listen to me right now because we're living in a world. Uh, let me just go ahead and, and say a few things. And if it bothers you, I'm sorry. But I'm the pastor and I'm going to preach it, okay? We got people who, who, have, who have just lost their minds, and they are so anti-Christ. They are so full of the anti-Christ spirit that is already at work in this world. And the scripture said, the spirit of anti-Christ doth already work now. And I'm telling you, it's working today. And we've got people so filled with that, that uh, when our vice president said that he prays, and, he, and, and when he prays, the Lord speaks to him. That a woman with tremendous influence and a television show got up. Her name's Joy Behar and she got up and she said, It's one thing for you to talk to somebody, but if you start believing that God talks back to you, that's called mental illness. And she began to mock him for believing that God would speak to him. And that's the, that's the world we live in right now. And she got up and didn't have any problem saying it. So I don't have any problem saying she's, she's a false prophet. That's not the truth. God will speak to you. So I am saying that to say she, re she is representative of many in society. And I want you to know that the supernatural ability of the Lord to work in our natural circumstances is not a far-fetched notion that is removed from reality. But it is a truth that the church in general, and you in particular, must awaken to in these end-time hours of waning light. There are daily demonic onslaughts that are attacking the body of Christ that we must needs take authority and dominion over. But we cannot take spiritual authority without exercising first spiritual power. I rise to tell you today that it is high time that we make sure that hell knows who we are. In Acts 19, there were seven men. They were the sons of a priest by the name of Sceva. They attempted to cast a devil out of a man. And they said to that evil spirit, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. 
that spirit spoke back to them and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And then that spirit caused that possessed man to leap upon them and to beat them. I want you to know that the devils don't even care to know your name if you don't walk in the power of the spirit. And I am saying that it is time for the devils and every enemy to learn our name. It is time for every demonic imp in northeast Arkansas to put Sanctuary Church of Jonesboro on their danger list. And when we walk through the streets of this city, it's time to send hell running. Well, you're going to get in trouble preaching like that, Pastor. Somebody needs to preach like this. We weren't called to be some social club, but we are called to be the church. This church has power. This church has power. It is a wonder-working power. It is the power of God. It's beyond anything you can do and I can do. It moves us from the natural to the supernatural. I would to God that every devil for miles would know the name of every single apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled saint of God that is under the sound of my voice this morning. I'd like to run them out of here. I'd like to run them out of our, uh, our suburbs. and I'd like to run them out of our subdivisions. I'd like to run them out of our schools. We're seeing so much attack right now in our schools, and I hope you're praying for our kids. And we can talk about what the problem is. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. You can call me simple-minded. You can say I'm being too spiritual. You can say whatever you want, but I'm right. The problem is that we've got too many people that have given themselves over to a worldly system. And the Antichrist spirit is at work. We need the power of God to start moving. Kids going into schools with guns, wanting to harm other people. I'm telling you, we need somebody that can walk up to them and say, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed, be delivered right now, be set free. We need our, we, we need our young people to go into school and there to be something so strong about them. Them have power to be witnesses. Them to have power to be witnesses. That somebody says, my goodness, I was wanting to follow one path. But I think I'd like to go down that path. And the people who are all messed up in their minds and in their hearts. I'm telling you, God still heals minds and God still heals hearts. We need the power of God to work. I wonder if there's anybody in this room today. That is tired of the enemy treating you like you're a nobody. And laughing at you when you attempt to declare yourself. I wonder if there might be someone in this room today that wants to really learn how to walk in the power of the Spirit and watch God work in their life. Let me tell you about those seven sons of Sceva. The reason they were powerless is because they were spiritless. You can't take authority if you haven't received power 
And God's power is only found in being filled with His Spirit. And if it's been a long time since you were filled with the Spirit, you need to be refilled with the Spirit. We need you to have the power of God. Let me tell you what happens to us. We, we tend to get full of the Spirit of God. I thank God for that. We, 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 we get filled with the Spirit. We talk in tongues. We, we have, a, we have a, a moment with the Lord that is so powerful. And yet, then we walk out of this room. Now, right now, I, I would venture to say that just about everybody in this room feels like you could take on hell with a water pistol. Anybody, I feel that way. I'm ready to go. And, and, and we feel real good right now. But we walk out there. And we get out there, and, and we still got the same problems, and, and we still got to deal with the same issues, and, and we get, begin to get weary and weary, and the devil begins to wear out the saints of the Most High God. And as that happens, and, and we don't stay connected to God through prayer, and, 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 and we don't stay connected to the Lord in worship, and, and let me just say this, stay connected to God through being faithful to the house of God. Get to the house of God. I want to say to get to the house of God. We don't stay connected to God's house. We don't stay connected to God. Then what happens is, is that power, that, that spirit begins to seep out of us. And, and what was once overflowing in our life, it, it, it just begins to seep, evaporate. And, and, and you stick a cup of water out in the sun, it's going to evaporate. It's, a, it's the atmosphere. It's everything around it drawing that out. And if you, just, if you just talk in tongues one time and then you try to deal with life on your own, you're going to find that spirit just begins to evaporate out of your life. We need some people who say, I'm ready to get filled back up again. I'm ready to stay connected to the presence and the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are we going to activate God's power in our lives? Luke 4 and 14. Luke 4 and 14. If you'd go there, uh, let me just kind of give you the setup for this. Jesus uh, has been baptized of John the Baptist in the Jordan. And after he's baptized, the Bible said that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And so Jesus goes into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he is in prayer and fasting. And at the end of those 40 days, the devil comes to him. And the devil tempts me, says, turn those stones into bread. And Jesus said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. He said, he said then go ahead and, uh, and uh, uh, fall down and worship me. He shows him the kingdoms of the world. Fall down and worship me. I'll give you all this. He said, it's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shalt thou serve. He said, well, throw yourself off the temple. And if you're really the Messiah, the scripture said, the angels shall bear him up lest he dash his foot. He said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He keeps answering him back. He fights that battle. And the scripture said that after those 40 days of him being in prayer and fasting and fighting the enemy, the Bible said, and Jesus returned. How did he return? He returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. There went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Jesus came back out of that wilderness. And when he came back, he was in the power of the Spirit. Jesus was, think about it now, Jesus was the Spirit manifested in flesh, right? 
Before he went into the wilderness was Jesus the Spirit manifested in flesh. Okay. So before he ever went into that wilderness, he was God robed in flesh. But it wasn't until he spent time in prayer and in fasting that the power of the Spirit was activated in his life. That messes with some of your theology, but it's true. 30 years, 30 years Jesus had been living, breathing, walking in Nazareth, doing his thing. For 30 years, he was God manifest in flesh, but the Spirit was not activated. He didn't do one miracle. He didn't heal one blind eye. I know some people like to sing songs about he went and picked up a bird with a broken wing and picked it up and it was fine again. Scripture doesn't indicate that. It makes for a great song. Scripture doesn't indicate that. For 30 years, for 30 years, that spirit rested within him and it did not work in his life. It wasn't until he spent time in prayer and fasting that the Spirit of God was activated and he came back in the power of the Spirit. I am telling you that we cannot experience a demonstration of God's Spirit and power without the same. But I spoke with tongues. If you don't pray and fast, you're not going to have any power at work in your life. This is why Jesus in Mark 9 told his disciples that were unable to cast the unclean spirit out of a boy. This boy's father had brought uh, him to Jesus, uh, to the disciples. And he said, my son is possessed with a devil. Could you pray and cast this devil out? And they did and they prayed and and they tried to cast it out, but they could not cast that devil out. And Jesus comes walking up and He says, what's going on here? And the man told him. And he said, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do it. And Jesus uh, says, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I have to suffer you? He said, then he turns around, he casts the devil out. And later when the disciples get by themselves, because they don't want to hear the answer in front of the crowd. They said, now, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now think about that. This is Mark 9 in which this happens. In Mark chapter 6, the scripture said that Jesus had given them power. He had sent them out two by two to go and to minister in the villages round about. In verse 13 of Mark chapter chapter number 6, said that they had cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Yet, those same disciples that cast out many devils, anointed many with oil that were sick and healed them in Mark 6, couldn't cast out a single devil in Mark chapter number 9. I submit to you that the power had gone dormant due to a lack of prayer and fasting they were still struggling if you will recall to become men of prayer even toward the end of jesus earthly ministry they fell asleep in the garden of gethsemane while jesus agonized in prayer 
And he asked them, he said, couldn't you watch with me for just one hour? I declare to you that it is an impossibility for us to dwell in the dimension of spirit-filled power without a consistent pattern of prayer and fasting in our lives. Could it be that this was the frustration when the father of the boy told Jesus how the disciples couldn't help? Could it be that this was the frustration that caused Jesus to say in Mark 9, 19, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I suffer you? When he said faithless, I don't think that he meant you don't believe. They believed. They'd already seen God work through them to cast out devils. They'd already seen the sick healed. They believed that it could happen. (laughs) They had prayed for this boy. They believed when they prayed. Yet it hadn't happened. So when Jesus says faithless, I don't think he means that they do not believe. I think what Jesus meant by faithless is this. You aren't faithful in the things that activate the power of God in your life. You haven't been faithful in prayer and fasting. If we neglect prayer and fasting, we neglect the keys to activating the power of God in our lives. Little prayer plus little fasting will yield little power with God. But I spoke with tongues on Sunday. Well, that's great. But tongues is for evidence. It's not for activation. And consecrated lives consumed with prayer and fasting are what it's going to take to see a demonstration of God's spirit and power. I believe in and I'm thankful for those that have a daily fast day every week. That's great. If you do that, thank God for it and you need to keep doing it. But when was the last time you actually fasted until you felt it? I'm afraid that we've come up with all kinds of excuses in 2018 why we can't. And if we aren't careful, we're going to excuse ourselves out of operating in the power of the Spirit. Parents, when was the last time you fasted for your children? I mean really fasted for them. You took three days or five days or a week or more. And you sought God and you interceded on their behalf. I declare to you today, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. When, church, was the last time you spent one solid hour in prayer and talking to the Lord? Jesus seemed to feel, I hope y'all are okay, I know I'm getting on toes right about now. Jesus seemed to feel that one hour was the minimum he should be able to expect from us. Saying to those disciples, as I told you a moment ago, couldn't you watch and pray with me just one hour? We've excused ourselves from the two things that allow us to walk in power. And it is no accident. The enemy has whispered in our ear and told us that we're too busy. We're too sick. It's not important in a myriad of other lies to remove us from the spiritual disciplines that he fears the most in the life of a believer. And Satan's been effective 
And we better get back to being effective in the power of the Spirit and shutting the mouth of the enemy and not listening to him, but listening to God and finding ourselves a place of prayer and seeking God and going on a fast that goes until we begin to really feel it and we experience what it means to be in the pangs of hunger. We need the Spirit-filled life. We need the Spirit-filled life. If all you want is to get to heaven, then you just do what you're doing. But if you want the power of God to work, and if you want your kids delivered, and if you want strongholds broken, and if you want the breakthrough we sang about a while ago, you're going to have to pray, and you're going to have to fast. Paul declared to the Romans, he said, from Jerusalem to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel. That's what he said. From Jerusalem to Illyricum, I have fully preached. How do you know, Paul, that you fully preached the gospel? He said, this is how I know. I saw signs and wonders done by the power of the Spirit of God. In other words, watch this. In other words, without the Spirit of God, it is impossible in the power of God, it is impossible to fully preach the gospel. Paul didn't say he had fully preached it until the power of God began to work in their midst. He told the Corinthians, he said, When I was with you, it was with weakness and fear and much trembling. I knew I didn't have the natural power to see God work in your life. When I preached to you, he said, it wasn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of God's spirit and power. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I tell you today, without a demonstration, preaching is just words. But when demonstration joins declaration, we will see the fully preached gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm hungry for in this room today. I'm not just, I'm not just wanting to get up here and preach to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm not up here today just to declare things to you. I want to declare and I want to preach the word of the Lord. But I am hungry for a demonstration of God's spirit and God's power to come join us in this room. Is there anybody that is here today that is ready to start the activation of God's power in their life by seeking him in prayer, seeking him through fasting? I'm wondering if there's anybody in this room today that wants to join in lifting up their voice and asking God for that supernatural power to begin to work in our lives. I feel a hunger in this room right now. I feel a hunger in this room. I think there's some people that said, you know what, I'm tired of living at the low level I've been living at. If I can walk in that kind of anointing and power of God, then I'll do what it takes to get there. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to hear me real good right now. You hear me right now. 
Listen to me, husbands. Listen to me, fathers. It's time for you to walk in the power of the Spirit. It's time for you to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I thank God you're a good dad. I thank God that you're a good husband. But it's time for you to become a good saint. It's time for you to walk in the power that God promised you. If you don't walk in this power, you are not experiencing and living in what God wants you to experience and live in. Mothers, I'm thankful you're good moms. I'm thankful you're a good wife. It's time for you to walk in the power of the Spirit. Parents, we better quit letting busyness keep us from the things of God. We'd better quit allowing our schedules to rule how much effect the Spirit has in our life. And you'd better start letting the Spirit affect your schedule. We need you to pray and we need you to fast. Elders, we need you to pray and we need you to fast. We're depending on you. Young couples, hyphen, oh hyphen, you've got to pray and you've got to fast if you want the power of God to be at work in your life. You are under such attack and bombardment right now. And I'm praying for you daily. But my prayers will pale in comparison to the power of your prayers when you're praying over your own self in the power of God's Spirit. You've got to be in prayer and in fasting. I had somebody just, just continue with me here. Eyes closed and head bowed. I had somebody come to me oh, two or three weeks ago and said, Pastor, caught me and my wife, said, Pastor, I had a dream. And this was before we got the news we'd just gotten. And said, trying to make sure I say this correctly. The Lord showed me. The Lord showed me. I tell you what, Courtney, just come here and help me. Y'all just listen to what she says. Tell them what you told me about our building. <laughs> 